Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and board certified art therapist. And I'm Katherine Escare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, we are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and to normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, Catherine, there's so many directions we could go with this topic. So many, but we're going to start this conversation here today with Ariana, who is a returning guest to Am I a Bad Therapist? And we're talking about attraction in the therapy room. Yeah, and attraction in the therapy room, while it might not be explicitly talked about, a lot of us therapists have at least felt it or even talked about it with some clients. And Ariana's going to share her experience of having to terminate or having a client terminate because of that attraction in the therapy room and what went through her head as she processed the aftermath. Yes, it is such an interesting conversation. One I'm sure many of you can relate to. It does come up. It's totally normalized, even though it feels like it's not. It feels like a taboo kind of topic. So I think the more we talk about it, hopefully the less it feels that way because it comes up all the time. And there is so much we could talk about this topic, attraction, gender roles, um, and client-therapist relationship, that it could go in any number of directions. But because this episode is just a podcast episode, we encourage you to continue these conversations with your trusted circle, because this, as with all of our episodes, is not a substitute for clinical consultation, ethical guidance, or therapy itself. All right. Well, this is episode number 55 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it. 
Ariana, welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. So before we get into your next story, which I am so excited to talk about, what have you been up to lately? Let's see. So I actually have been studying because I am preparing for my LCSW exam that I can register for over the summer. And also, I don't know if you can see behind me, I came out with a book on Amazon. Um, It's like a beginner's workbook. Yeah, took me a while, but I'm happy I did it uh, for people pleasers to help them just begin building better boundaries and breaking down the barriers to their people pleasing tendencies. Oh, my God. Amazing. That's really cool. Amazing. I can't wait Thank to you. look at it when we're done recording. I have so many people pleasing clients, so this is exciting news. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a theme I've been noticing, especially among young women. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, go figure. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm glad to hear the updates and what you've been up to since we saw you last. So tell us, why are you a bad therapist again? <laughs> why are you still a bad therapist? Well, hmm, I might be. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's see. Hmm, where to begin? So what What I think makes me a bad therapist again <laughs> is that I was working with a client for a while and um, he's a male and uh, I do not see him any longer. And that's kind of what led to me feeling like a bad therapist. So uh, to kind of begin the story is that um, I saw him for a while. He came to treatment for very specific issues, right? Things that were entirely unrelated to why um, we led to a referral out. Uh, what ended up happening was that um, for a while we were seeing each other very steadily and then he stopped coming right gradually like less attendance and typically uh, I think we all can collectively say as therapists well we internalize that (laughs) right we internalize that and I was like okay what I do wrong firsthand what I do wrong what I do now um and then I just started thinking all right well you know uh let me outreach and see see what's going on and just kind of uh maybe put an attendance policy into place um because I think typically we uh, are helping profession so when it comes to time to discuss attendance and even our livelihoods that's a really uncomfortable conversation to have um and that's kind of where I was at so now eventually he did come back once I kind of posed um a message when I outreached him just kind of saying hey you know if you don't think you're ready uh, to continue that's completely fine right you know we can always revisit this and whatnot he came back that following week to session um and he did admit something that completely blindsided me uh which I felt like was quite a cliffhanger at that point um and he ends up telling me, well, I'm having a lot of intimacy and marital issues in, and, you know, just with my wife. And, um, and that's why I kind of wasn't coming as much. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. They also just had a baby. So that kind of adds strain to any, right. To any relationship and marriage. And, um, this is what ends up happening was that at that point, uh, he ends up asking me if he was my type. Oh, um, that took a turn. That took a quick turn. Took a quick turn. Yeah, I was just trying to find the right stepping stone to that point in my <laughs> men- mental tabs. I was like, all right, was that and that? <laughs> but yeah, oh, I mean, from I can imagine how you felt in that session of like, were you know, okay, understand? Like you said, understandable, some marital issues, yeah. baby, and right. then that comes up. It's like, whoa, okay. It's kind of like I, yeah. I, I'm sitting, I'm trying to put myself in your seat and I'm sitting here thinking, well, wait, how did I get brought into this? This is about you and your marital issues. <laughs> right. Why are you bringing me into this? Leave me out of this. I immediately started sweating. 
I was like, okay, um, who ethical, ethical dilemmas as we discussed in grad school, right? Ethical. Um, no, but, um, it, it was quite, it was quite a conundrum to mm-hmm. say the least. Um, and so, uh, that conversation within itself was very intriguing. Wait, no, 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 no. How did you respond? <laughs> I was like, where do we want to go with this? <laughs> so, so at that, at that juncture, <laughs> I, uh, well, I took a step back and I said, well, you know, I appreciate you, of course, feeling comfortable enough to share that with me. As you know, this is a completely non-judgmental space. And I really did appreciate that he felt that level of comfort because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm someone who's quite avoided myself. So like, even with my own past therapist, oh, bless their heart, I would, <laughs> I would kind of, you know be the same way if there was something I really didn't want to discuss or I felt a lot of shame around, right? We'll typically avoid or try to compensate in different ways for that. So that's kind of the route I took. And then, um, and then from there, I did have the discussion with him though, after I provided that, you know, thank you. And kind of created that environment, which is very important. Um, I did say, well, where do you think this can kind of take treatment at this point? You know, where do you think we can, what what can we do with this information? Would you feel more comfortable? And I provided sources, you know, with maybe a male therapist, you know, what does that look like when it comes to your, to your relationship? Do you think that us working together is creating more strain, which that's not what we want, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of left the choice up to him. Cause I, again, wanted to be very supportive of that, um, comfort level of him being able to provide that information to me. So I wanted to leave him that choice and also create some empowerment there too for him. At the same time, I was trying to work with all those moving pieces. Um, But eventually uh, we did kind of come to this collective agreement of, yeah, this might create rupture Mm -hmm. in treatment. But of course, before we kind of came to that collective agreement, um, I did seek supervision, of course, on that, um, which again, supported the decision that um, we made to refer out. Um, and I kind of left that in his control. I still kind of let him guide that, and uh, which he did. And that's kind of where we went with it. But ultimately, I internalized it for quite quite a bit. I did. I thought, um, as a female, you know, typically, right, uh, did I do something? Go figure. To provoke right? Especially it. Especially have a history there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've um, had that cross my mind too, right? Uh, attraction in the therapy room absolutely happens. And it's not unethical if it happens. It's how we respond to it, right? And I can, can, first of all, it sounds like you welcomed it. I love that you welcomed it. You welcomed it. You embraced it. You you created the space for it. And we do that. But I don't, and it's never our client's job to to acknowledge this or even to hold space in their own head for it. But while we're holding space for them, there's a lot going on inside our head, right? Oh, and a yeah. lot about what to do next. <laughs> what did I do? What what could happen? What should I do? Um, what what narratives were happening, or what was going through your head while right after and um, with that when you were questioning yourself? Oh boy. Honestly, the, the narratives where I was questioning myself sounded something like, you know, I, I honestly went a million directions. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I think typically, um, you know, I think, I think, oh God, this is a very general, you know, idea. I feel like as women, we feel that, um, again, we internalize it. Could I have done something different? Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there thinking, was my approach, was it this, you know, I mean, we're doing telehealth. I'm like, I'm always you know, cover it. I, I really don't know. Um, but then, so I was going through all those questions of what I could have done differently. And then mm-hmm. I took a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, okay, well, that's not really true. Right. And I kind of was checking the evidence with myself. I said, well, you acted ethically. 
I was just kind of like like validating myself, right? Like some self-validation. I think I did this correct. I did that correct. Um, I wasn't dressing inappropriately. I did, I did not say anything inappropriate. Like I really was going through it. And then I thought to myself, and I thought of this Sopranos episode. <laughs> um, honestly, hear me out. Hear me out. Um, and you know where <laughs> there's that scene with Tony Soprano and his therapist, and he starts kind of flirting with her. And then she sits back and says something that I actually applauded because typically in movies and shows – therapist is sexualized we're trying to attract our client you know with uh, what we're saying right all that so I was like oh gosh (laughs) and then she said something well I do pose as a woman who's holding space and listening to you I'm validating your emotions I'm making you feel secure I'm making you feel seen and I'm not right trying to take any approach that makes you feel questioned in your emotions so of course Mm -hmm. I provide that for you and I was like okay right is that what's going on here? <laughs> right. So I love that. It is so well said. And it's such a great point. And it's where my mind was going as well. It's okay. like, <laughs> right. it makes so much sense like mm-hmm. to feel that, you know, why someone might feel that attraction or intimacy mm-hmm. because yeah. therapy is intimate. You're like right. sharing your most vulnerable self, your deepest yeah. thoughts that you maybe have never told anyone before. And you have a yeah. person welcoming that, accepting it, validating it, holding the space. Yes. That feels great. And maybe, so it makes so much sense. Maybe this is the first time in their life they've had anyone yeah. like that. Let's pause here for a quick ad break. By the way, the number one support for those of us asking ourselves, am I a bad therapist? Are clinical consultation groups. If you don't have one yet, join us on the Teletherapist Network for unlimited peer consultation groups, including a lot of different specialty groups like clinicians of color, LGBTQ+, couples counseling, EMDR. And of course, Creativity in the Clinical Room hosted by me, Allie. Plus masterclasses, media leads, and everything else you need for an ethical, modern clinical practice. Join us at teletherapistnetwork.com. Hey, listeners. It's Catherine here, and I'm coming to you today because Ellie's not the best at bragging on herself, and I want to remind you all that she has an incredible resource available for free at our website, cccs.care. Ellie's Creative Intervention Library is full of easy interventions that even non-art therapist clinicians like me can use with clients of all ages. Every intervention has a list of materials, an entire process video where you watch Allie doing it, and a written description and steps so you can follow along at home. Plus, she even has a list of diagnoses that might find this creative intervention helpful. So if you want to access a totally free library of interventions for when you feel stuck with clients, check out Allie's website cccs.care and sign up for free today. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's loop back to the show. Uh, with, with what I have in mind and these great points you guys just made, absolutely, um, absolutely, uh, especially, uh, it has been stated, I've never said this to somebody before. Mm-hmm. So, um, and of course, of course, we're a space where your partners and providing that we're going to right, feel that and have that need met even if it's with our therapist. And, and like you said, it's very intimate. So it was quite, uh, quite, quite intimidating for me. Um, and I just wanted to make sure I just handled it as ethically as possible because we just knew who wants to feel like they could have possibly contributed in a negative way to something like that with a client. Mm-hmm. Well, I also say I say all that, you know, of course, but it's still uncomfortable. <laughs> like it can still be so difficult to deal with. I mean, it's not really great, simple, <laughs> short, sweet, like, oh, yeah, no big deal. When yeah. this has come up for me in the therapy room, especially with the first time it happened when I was a newer therapist, it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I would just like to put that out there that like, while all of that makes sense, it can still feel very uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it did cross my mind as well. Um, and of course, I didn't, I didn't explore this area um, or didn't get the opportunity to, but I did wonder if maybe something was discussed because you know how your therapist becomes a household name or like you become the household name sometimes. Mm-hmm. I did wonder if that what was going on, that was what was going on. And I, at one point too, he did mention that, you know, his partner was saying that she felt there wasn't progress being made or this and that. I mean, again, it can go both ways, right? I always see 20% of the work is with the therapist and the other percentage, right? The 80% is on the outside of therapy. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and then with, since there were so many moving pieces, I just felt with that all into consideration, maybe it's best to refer out because at this point we just don't want anything to be ruptured moving forward in our sessions and also a part of me too is like am I doing something not enough Hmm. to help right and work on this with whatever we were working on at that time I also think that it's completely okay to refer out if we can't serve them the way we know they deserve to be helped and if we can't serve them because of our own discomfort or countertransference I don't think right. there's shame in saying like my abilities right now, whether it be my emotional abilities, my bandwidth abilities, my clinical abilities, it's okay to refer out because of our own, <laughs> and I don't want to call them deficits, but because of our own skill levels, maybe we should just call them neutral, like because of our own skill levels are at different places than what oh, they're yeah. needing right now or our, our bandwidths or our emotional capabilities. And so even though, you know, you questioned it and I know that every time I refer out due to my own abilities, Obviously, I question it and I have those those imposter syndrome narratives going on. But, you know, from an outside perspective, I can look at you dead in the face and say, it's okay. (laughs) But I also go through it. (laughs) I was I was honestly looking forward to us all discussing this because I know you guys would, of course, always give such amazing, you know, input and feedback and insight. Um, No, for sure. I I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm going on three years you know, into this field officially post-graduation and um, coming to sit for my LCSW, I think myself and so many clinicians, at least at this point, 
the same same area that I'm at in this career um, and time frame. We all kind of feel this collective like I need to be doing more. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be certified in everything, and I want to be able to help every client and you know be trained in everything and know everything. And even with social media, I feel like there's a lot of that pressure. Honestly, this is a big one that even comes up in sessions with clients. You know, I feel like I'm not healing right or I'm not doing right. And when we have those situations, like the story I shared today, and even the last story I shared when I was on the first time and other episodes you guys have, I hear a common theme where we just feel that no one's maybe doing the best that they can or when we have instances like this am I bad therapist can I be doing more and there's so many um moving pieces with with this I feel so it's nice to get that reassurance too yeah well I was excited when you reapplied and when you were coming back because last time you were here you spoke a lot about how we can be like a stepping stone for clients and that has stuck with me I have said it Uh in so many episodes Uh I refer to it all the time and I'm happy you're back because I can say it to you again like pose it back (laughs) to you of like with this client in this situation you are a stepping stone in the journey and that's okay to be a piece of that you know that that little bit of it because there was still a lot learned like there was still so much growth and I agree with you because I think as therapists we or like, well, if it wasn't a successful mm-hmm. graduation almost, mm-hmm. like, right. like, did I do something wrong or did I not do enough or these things? But there still can be success in posing healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. bringing up difficult conversations, mm-hmm. being that stepping stone. Clients can still have a positive memory and experience mm-hmm. and, and learn and grow still from just being a stepping stone. And I feel like this, all the stories I feel like we hear, but this one specifically, it really highlights that. For sure. No, I, I, I am so grateful you said that too, because it is true. I, I actually, um, it's so funny you mentioned the stepping stone <laughs> reference because I also was kind of telling myself that when I was, you know, just going through the motions of internalizing what could be done differently, all that. And um, I did think, well, you know what, this is the stepping stone work that is yeah. that point now that we're at, right? And um, it's time to just recognize this might happen a lot and this will happen mm-hmm. a lot. And that is completely okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it might happen for many different reasons too, not just attraction or a misfit in terms of clinical skills, but, you know, uh, you know, if someone discloses attraction moving forward, it might not end up in a discharge. It might have a totally different discussion and a totally different outcome. And part of what we do is that there is no black and whites. We do have to consider each client that sits in front of us and the... And there are specific set of circumstances. So, you know, these stories, even if, you know, another someone listening to this has a similar story, like it could have a totally different outcome. And this is why we are so passionate about sharing these stories, because there are so many nuances to what we do that hopefully someone hearing this can take even not the whole situation, probably, but a part of it. And they can relate it to what they're going through, what they have gone through. I hope so. I truly hope so. Because even when I listen to other episodes, oh, wow, it really is so supportive for me. Um, Even being, again, virtual, right? It's very lonely. It can be isolating. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like the beautiful part of social media uh, is that networking piece and that community Mm -hmm. piece. And I love what this podcast is all about because, wow, I mean, the amount of conversations I have, again, like I said, with so many friends that are new clinicians or just fresh in the field or seasoned in the field, I hear it's just so common to go through that roller coaster of emotions and and doubt and and just, again, like imposter syndrome. Um, And uh, absolutely, there's so many nuances, even as like a young therapist. Um, like I'm 26. So when I come into the session and I'm meeting with a client who's probably completely different demographically speaking, maybe different culture, background, age, uh, just physicality, everything, you kind of like monitor 
yourself and go, okay, how am I being perceived? Mm-hmm. And it's always, I mean, our job is to put ourselves in the other person's shoes in many different ways, but right. That just that count the transference. It's, it's so important or the transference in general. It's uh, important to acknowledge that at the same time, but not allow it to deter you from your clinical skills and abilities and what you bring to session. Um, that's a big reminder too. I at least personally always have to go through. Yeah, that is a good one. And it is one of those tricky things where it's like, we say this a lot too, where like, we wish we could give like a clear answer on something, but it always comes back to, it depends. <laughs> right. It always. always depends. Always. There's no real clear answer. Cause even with myself, <laughs> when I've had this come up with multiple clients, I've handled it differently every single time. It's never been the same because right. the situation's always different. And I think for all the things you're sharing with the situation, like with our own transference, counter-transference, our own experiences, it's just so different with our own experiences. And then across the board as providers, it's just such a unique position that we're in. But the more we share the stories, the more we hear it, teach it, we learn. I learn every time we record, um, but also just normalizes it that we, it's always going to depend. For sure. You know, I, I think too, we, um, we always just want to make sure we're showing up as our best selves constantly. And then that, like you said, that nuance, um, especially with just being human and it's like simultaneously going through your own things and then having to like put that to the side and then come to session and now just like meet someone where they're at who mm-hmm. might have completely different live, you know, experiences or history. And again, like demographically speaking, so many things to consider. And that takes such an acquired skill. That's mm-hmm. a skill that's learned and that takes so much work. And I feel like just our profession in general, that's not really recognized like enough, at least from people on the outside that aren't within the field themselves. And like, we wear so many hats at the same time. And then towards the end of the week, when we're done wearing all those hats and we want to just exist now that still exists in our personal lives. because That's part of the human experience too. And um, yeah, it's just, there's so many <laughs> ways you can go with this. I'm sorry if I'm getting off track, <laughs> but it's just um, making me think of all these things that come up yeah. constantly that, uh, you know, can feel lonely in our minds if we don't have conversations about it. Oh, 100%. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Ariana, if we've given lots of thoughts and um, situations and stories, but if someone was going through this with a client, if a client shared with them that they were attracted to them in a session, mm. we did say that it does depend, but what advice would you give them? Um, honestly, all I would say is just show up non-judgmentally as best as you can and to not internalize it to an extent where you think it's something that is your fault. hmm Mm-hmm. Because typically, as complex as your inner and internal experiences are, it's the same for your client. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to explore there. So just, mm-hmm. I guess, give it a chance to be open-minded as to where it's coming from before we go and own it as our own fault. Oh, non-judgmental for your client and non-judgmental towards yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that, Mariana. So (laughs) like always, where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you more after listening to your second episode of Am I a Bad Therapist? Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. They can find me at anxiously underscore human on Instagram. Love it. Perfect. And what's the name of your book Mm -hmm. that you shared? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. So it is Breaking Down the Barriers to People-Pleasing and Building Better Boundaries in Your Life. It's available on Amazon, and it's also, you can access it in my bio. It is all there. You can access the link right there. Perfect. Amazing. Well, we'll link it in the show notes. It's always, we're on our way to check that out. Thank (laughs) Thank you you. so much for coming back. It was so lovely to have you again. I'm so appreciative. Thank you. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And that's it. The OG bad therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for the week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. Are you a bad therapist and want to be on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song, along with many others, on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast or wanting to level up the one you already have, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air for Effect. And don't forget, we're all bad therapists. <laughs>